Welcome to the Legal Toolkit, bringing you the latest legal trends and business initiatives to help you manage your law firm. Here are your hosts, experienced lawyers, writers, and entrepreneurs, Heidi Alexander and Jared Correa. You're listening to Legal Talk Network. Welcome to yet another fine episode of the Legal Toolkit here on the Legal Talk Network. Before we get started, we'd like to take a moment to thank our sponsor, Amicus Attorney, the world's leading practice management solution for lawyers. Amicus Attorney helps manage your law firm so that you can concentrate on being a lawyer. How about that? To learn more, visit amicusattorney.com. If you're a returning listener of this show, welcome back. If you're a first-time listener, hopefully you'll become a long-time listener. If you're my wife, yes, I know we need a new light bulb in the bathroom. I'm your host, Jared Korea, and in addition to casting this pod, I'm also the Assistant Director and Senior Law Practice Advisor at the Massachusetts Law Office Management Assistance Program. We call it LOMAP for short, and we provide free and confidential law practice management consulting services to Massachusetts attorneys. For more information on LOMAP's offerings, visit our website at masslomap.org. You can buy my book, Twitter and One Hour for Lawyers, from the American Bar Association on iTunes or at Amazon. If you're desirous of more podcasting goodness, check out our Lunch Hour Legal Marketing Show, where we release monthly legal marketing episodes featuring industry experts. But back here on the Legal Toolkit, we provide you each month with a new tool to add to your own legal toolkit so that your practices will become more and more like best practices. In this episode, we're going to talk about online reviews. You know, the kind that make you want to yelp for help. See what I did there? Um, Our guest today is Jabez Labret. He's the co-founder and chief marketing officer of the digital marketing agency GNGF, which stands for Get Noticed, Get Found. He's the co-author of the book Online Law Practice Strategies, a columnist for NBC Chicago Business, and a regular contributor to Forbes in the areas of business and technology. Jabez is also a sought-after speaker on a number of topics, including ethical online marketing, reputation management, and marketing analytics. He delivers presentations across the globe and maybe even outer space. I'm not sure. So thanks for finding some time for us, Jabez, and welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I need to figure out how to book that outer space presentation. That sounds fantastic. I'll get you on the first Mars flight. You just let me know. Oh, no, that's a one-way ticket. (laughs) <laughs> I never said you were coming back. <laughs> All right, so let's dive into it here. Um, let's start by talking about the importance of online reviews. So to what extent are people really taking into consideration online reviews, which are sort of written by people you don't even know, when they're selecting an attorney? You know, it's interesting. This, this question actually even has a kind of a second layer to it, is that I don't think that lawyers are taking online reviews very seriously at all. Um, But we are seeing that the general consumer is taking them very seriously. And, you know, we can we can think, you know, kind of the 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 road started with Yelp and TripAdvisor and some of these, you know, companies that were doing travel and restaurants and bars. And we got used to those being places we went for reviews. But now with Avvo, even Yelp. Um, other professional review sites uh, inside the Google search engines reviews are showing up. Uh, you've got Google. I mean, we're seeing these reviews popping up all over the place. And for better or for worse, 
clients are reading these reviews and they're looking at those stars and they're passing judgment. So uh, they, they are taking seriously and they do make a difference, um, you know, across the board with our clients, we can track the actual impact on our clients, depending on the number of reviews and how many positive reviews they have directly to the number of calls that they get and emails they get requesting services. So I'd say quite a bit. Yeah, so very important. All right. And we'll talk a little bit about how you track this stuff later on in the show in the second half of the podcast. So stay tuned, everybody. Um, so clearly, this is something that lawyers should prioritize, their response to online reviews, getting good ones, responding to the bad ones. So in your mind, where does that sort of engagement with online review sites fall on the list of like a typical lawyer's marketing priorities? Well, I mean, if you're trying to decide, like, how do I spend my time or, or resources internally at our law firm on marketing, um, you know, I'm, I'm pretty much going to say that reviews should be probably third on, on your actual marketing efforts. Uh, I would say focusing on your, your website performance, so making sure that your website's, you know, working and, and you know, search engine optimization stuff. Uh, is important so people can find you would be my number one thing that you should be worried about. Number two would yeah. be content, making sure that you're producing some amount of content. Doesn't have to be all the time, but just get out there and produce some content for your site or for somebody else's site um, to help get you know your your voice out there. And then I'd say thirdly, you know, focus on reviews because reviews are a mechanism that help you engage your current and previous clients. So there's, there's a huge marketing impact to reviews. And so, you know, that's why I think it's so important is that it's not just about getting the review. It's also about asking for the review. And there's a process in yeah. there, you know, yeah. there's an interaction there that is good. That's healthy. That's, that's great. You know, that helps with referral business. And, you know, we, we shouldn't ignore getting referrals. I mean, that's obviously a huge part of running a law practice. And uh, reviews are a good way to help facilitate that. On that subject, um, how do you recommend that attorneys actually acquire positive reviews when asking for them? Because I know that's something that a lot of attorneys have an issue with. Uh, you know, it depends uh, on your approach on your state. I mean, state by state, there's different ethical guidelines. I know in Florida and yeah. Ohio and Connecticut, uh, I think Pennsylvania, you if you ask for the review, you are ethically responsible for the content of that review. And that's kind of an interesting um, little bit of a twist, right? So the yeah. the way that you get in trouble there, and uh, maybe not trouble, but the, the way you can cause a headache for yourself is if you ask somebody to leave you a review and then that person goes on and says, you know, oh, John was the best estate planning attorney ever. <laughs> I guarantee yeah. he will get you, you know, everything that you ask for. I mean, like, you know, all sorts of, you know, whether that's comparative speech or solicitation issues, um, you know, there's a lot of ways it can go wrong. And sometimes that scares people away. Um, I, I think the the issue is that even if you're in a state that that's not a requirement, and by the way, we're seeing this become more and more prevalent from state to state, so be expecting it's going to happen probably eventually in your state. As yeah. we see it continue to happen, um, it just means you have to be mindful of the way that you ask, not that you can't ask. You just have to be smart about it, you know, and I, I don't think that's a bad thing. No, I think that makes sense as well. Let's let's jump the gun a little bit as well, because I know we intended to talk about this uh, after, but rather than tease it, let's just let's just get into it now. Um, if let's get into the meat, let's do ethics, right? Because people love ethics. Like that's that's lawyers are always thrilled by ethics talk. Um, so if somebody posts a review like that without your permission, you haven't solicited it. What's the response for the law firm? 
So you're totally fine. If somebody, if you did not solicit the review and someone writes a review and it, they say that you are the best ever and they guarantee someone will win or they release information uh, that they shouldn't, you are not, and, and there have been um, already been cases on this, you are not liable for that. Because, I mean, it's not your, it's out of your control. That, that falls directly square into free speech. Um, where you find the issue is, so let's say in the signature of your email, if it says, please leave me a review on this website, well, that might constitute asking. Um, yeah. Obviously, if you directly email someone and say, hey, please leave me a, a review, or if you have on your website a place that says, please leave us a review, um, you know, th those are all mechanisms that would probably infer that you're asking for it. Um, and, and that can get you into the ethical uh, quandary there. But again, it's ugh, such a rare case. And it's it's not hard to avoid the the really yeah. getting it done wrong. I mean, that's it's not that difficult to avoid an ethics violation on this situation. No, it's true. And practically speaking, you don't see a lot of people doing the unsolicited, you're the greatest lawyer ever. More like you're the crappiest lawyer ever. <laughs> but we'll get to that as well. <laughs> Negative reviews. So let's, let's move back to sort of a, a, a tactical question. So lawyers have limited time. There's a lot of online review sites out there from generic sites like Yelp, like we talked about, to specific sites like Avo that we talked about. Um, which uh, review sites do you spend your time on as a lawyer um, trying to get reviews or reviewing to see if there's been posts about you? And does that still include Martindale Hubble? Are they still relevant? M Martin who? No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> I, <laughs> I would say there, there really are three places that you should be focusing um, you need to be focusing on Google because Google matters a lot in getting traffic to your website and converting people into new clients. So you want to be doing Google, uh, Google Plus local business, getting reviews there. Yelp, yeah. because Yelp drives other things like Siri and Bing and other places kind of draw information from Yelp. And so we want to make sure that we're paying attention to Yelp and Avo because Avo ranks really, really well in the search engines. Yep. So I, I mean, I really, and I, I tell lawyers this all the time, I don't care if you hate Avo. It makes no difference to me. The consumer is seeing your Avo profile. So do yourself a favor, put your pride aside and go set up your profile the right way and get some reviews. Um, because yep. it's going to make a difference when people do find your Avo profile and they will. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I tell people the same thing. So that's good. So now you've got three places to focus, attorneys who are listening to, to sort of uh, try and get some reviews. Can I give you a secret? Oh, yeah, tell us a secret. Sorry to cut you off. I didn't know a secret was coming. We'll give the audience a secret here. Uh, when you're going to do – so if those are the three you're focusing on, a really good rule of thumb that we have all of our clients do is we tell our clients, any of your clients that have a Gmail address for their email, send them to Google+. And then anyone who doesn't have a Gmail – alternate between Avo and Yelp. If it's a situation where the person would be likely to leave an anonymous review, send them to Avo because you can leave an, anon an anonymous review on Avo. Um, and so if it's a situation where you're like, this person's never going to talk about it, send them to, to Avo. So if they have a Gmail account, send them to, to Google Plus because they're already logged in and they already have an account. If they don't have a Gmail account, switch between Yelp and Avo and hope that they'll go leave your review there. Magic. I like you. I like little tips like that. Thanks for throwing that in. Um, so let's talk about like prehistory, right? Before these review sites gained some traction, when folks actually had to like go to websites or ask people for reviews. Is there still a reason for attorneys to post reviews or testimonials on their own websites? 
Is there any value in publishing those in this climate? I would typically say you're better off to, to draw directly from Yelp or Avo and pull in your reviews onto your site from there instead of actually posting your own reviews for a couple of reasons. Ethically, you got to watch out. Um, there are many, many states that have ethics guidelines around whether or not you can put testimonials on your website. Plus, yeah. when you have when you put it on your website, you have to kind of scrub a lot of the testimonial that would make it valuable. And from a psychology perspective, uh, we know that it increases conversion rates, which is somebody taking action when they get to your website, if there's social proof. Social proof is anything that says, I'm not just saying I'm good, I'm a good lawyer. This other person's saying I'm a good lawyer. And so we know that increases conversion rates. And so it is important. But you can get that by saying, look, uh, my AVO badge, I have an 8.5 out of 10, and I get really good reviews. Go check it out. Or, you know, in Yelp, I'm four and a half out of five stars. Go look at my Yelp page. And so you can direct people there and you still get the, the benefit of the social proof without even having to worry about adding that stuff to your website or adding testimonials or, you know, saying, you know, and, and really dealing with the ethical quandaries that come with that. And so that's typically how we address the website on-site issues when it comes to reviews. Um, you know, there's even a question about are you misleading people if you only – if you do personal injury and all you do is post, you know, million-dollar – award in a car accident and $1.8 million in a boating accident and $800,000 here, but you don't post any of the situations where it was like, my client lost or, you know what I mean? Like cost my client $3,000 yeah. to yeah. try to do this. <laughs> Are, is that not kind of misleading because you're only selecting the information you put out there? So, you know what, we're, we're like, let's not even play that game. Let's go another route and we can still get the same results. That makes a lot of sense. Who knows? After this podcast comes out, I'll be looking at the personal injury websites where they say, lost my client $3 million. Use us. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'll be really honest. <laughs> it certainly would be. <laughs> All right. So this, is, this has been good so far, Jabez. I appreciate the discussion. Um, but we're going to take a quick break. We're going to have more with Jabez Lavrette of GNGF. Amicus Attorney's world-leading practice management solution allows you to do more, bill more, and go home early. It serves as the hub to your practice, and Amicus customers report that they save over eight hours and bill an extra five hours every week. Built by lawyers for lawyers, Amicus has two award-winning solutions, Amicus Premium with a unique client portal and the exciting Amicus Cloud with seamless email integration. To learn more, visit amicusattorney.com. Welcome back. We're talking about online review sites with Jabez Labret, Chief Marketing Officer at Get Noticed get found or gngf for those who love acronyms as clearly jabez and i both do get notice get found makes for a really long email address and so it's hard enough <laughs> with a first name like jabez to be like jabez it get notice get found it was impossible we had to go to four letters <laughs> now i think you need to start going by jlb can i call you that <laughs> jlb i'll take it <laughs> all right let's dive back into the online review question so we talked a lot about where attorneys would post online reviews and some of the ethical uh, restrictions that are in place. But once the lawyer figures out like where the reviews should be published, uh, they'll need to require uh, to acquire some of those uh, reviews. So we talked about this a little bit, but um, any additional advice on like tactics that attorneys could use to get reviews from clients? And then how do you pick the client to write a review? Because you don't want somebody writing a poor review about you. 
Well, yeah, certainly don't start with asking the people who don't like you. Um, <laughs> I, I would definitely avoid that. We we work with all of our our clients on you know the kind of the strategy that we have them deploy is part of their exit interview. Um, you know, as they close out matters, is to talk to the client about you know, hey, it would it would really help out my firm. It would really help me out if if you wouldn't mind leaving us a review. And then sending them an email because they can't leave the review at your office. They have to like be somewhere else. They can't even use like their cell phone or iPad at the office. They have to go home and do it. And so, you know, there's there's really two methods. You send them an email and in the email, just you can't tell them ethically what to write in the review, but you can guide them on what not to write. In, in a way. Yeah. And, and, and what we have our clients yeah. do is we say, just send them an email that says, please avoid using any words like guarantee or best. And, you know, don't give any details of your actual case. Just talk about what it was like to work with, with me and, my, and our firm. And that's a really good starting point, you know, because you're just kind of guiding yeah. them. You're saying, hey, look, it doesn't have to be complicated. Um, and then you send them a link um, for, for where to go. Now, some firms and, and our clients that do this really well will actually have an admin get on the phone and call the client after they send the email and then walk yeah, them through on the phone idea. writing the review. So what about anonymous reviews? We know, as you said before, that you can leave, uh, or clients can leave anonymous reviews on Avo, but what's the real value of those? Yeah, you know, uh, what's interesting is anonymous reviews typically come in two, two flavors. Uh, one of them is the person who doesn't, you know, wants to hide behind their computer, they're, but they're really pissed at you and they want to just rail on you online. Um, and, and that happens, you know, when you get a disgruntled client or even sometimes opposing counsel's client, right? Cause they lost. And so they're all upset and they go and they, they tear you down on anonymously also competition, unfortunately. So, you know, the, it's a poor practice. It's an ethical violation. You, you cannot do this, but there, there are situations where lawyers will go and post anonymous, fake, bad reviews. I actually wrote the piece yeah. for Avo on, uh, Thompson, uh, v. Washington State Appellate Court, where she was going after Avo, trying to get him to release the name of the anonymous reviewer, and the court oh, yeah. said that Avo did not have to release that information because once they release it, obviously they can't undo that action, and it would cause more harm than uh, what the lawyer was how, how that lawyer had been harmed by the negative review. So odds are you're not going to get to know who the anonymous person is. So I say take control of it, and that's why I think anonymous reviews are important. Some of you have clients that don't want to talk about their legal issue no matter what it is. That could be a contract yeah. dispute between two companies, and they just don't want to talk about it. But they would be happy to talk about you and the situation if they could be certain that it was going to be anonymous. So I think there's some there's some value there, and I think that outweighs the, the potential risk. But, hey, guess what? People are going to leave anonymous reviews whether you have positive ones or not. So, I mean, why, why sit around and wait? Yeah, and I think that's that's sort of a theme that we've been working on here is that some of this as a lawyer you really can't control, and lawyers have a problem with that. <laughs> um, so let's talk about sort of the elephant in the room here, which we've been sort of dancing around, but uh, we obviously need to get to negative reviews, right? Negative reviews are out there, and sometimes the challenge is that lawyers don't even know that they have them. So from the standpoint of having a negative review, discovering it, What's the appropriate response for that on the part of the attorney? Well, it, there, there are a few factors you have to consider. The first step is you have to do your best to determine if it is a real client. So is the negative review someone who actually worked with your law firm? If it is not, 
So a good example, we have a client up near Chicago and someone on Yelp who was never a client went on and left this scathing review and we couldn't figure out who the heck the person, like where they came from or why um, they left the review, but you don't want to respond to that review. What you want to do is you want to immediately flag the review, flag the review as inappropriate and then email Yelp or Avo or Google and say, look, this person was not a client. They never worked. So obviously if it's anonymous, you wouldn't know this, but this person was never a client. Um, yeah. they, they've never worked with our firm. So this review shouldn't, shouldn't be up because the review sites don't want people who are not clients leaving reviews. Cause how can you leave a review of a business that you never worked with? Right. And so, you know, if the client never worked with you, so that's one thing you got to consider. The second thing is, let's say that it is a client. Um, first thing is you got to kind of check your pride at the door. It's, it's hard to do. I remember the first time I ever saw a negative review about our book online, like four years ago, five years ago. And, uh, it was one of our early, early, early editions. And I was like, I took it so personally. Uh, and I, I get it. Like, cause you're like, what? You're like, wait a minute. Like, are you serious? Like, you don't even, you don't even know what you're talking about. And that's okay. Calm down for a second. Take a breath, go get a drink of water, walk around the block. If you have to come back to your computer and your response should be very, very simple. It should just say something along the lines of, obviously this is not how we work with our clients. You know, we apologize if this was your experience or you, if you don't want to say apologize, you could say, you know, we always strive to offer, you know, clearly better service than you believe you've received. However you want to word it, be mindful this person's a little ticked off, so don't piss them off more. Um, yeah, and then just yeah. say, you know, please contact our, our law office so that we can, we can talk to you about this and make it better. All you're doing is leaving a, that review so that when other people find the negative review, they see that you actually cared, you, you responded and that you obviously are taking steps to remedy it. That's all people care about. Nobody expects you to hit a home run every single time you get up to bat and they understand some people are going to be upset. Negative reviews actually should be a, a, a something that you hope for. And I know that sounds crazy. But if all you have is 20 reviews and they're all five stars, guess what it looks like? It looks like you totally faked it. If you've got, you know, 20 reviews and, you know, 10 of them are five stars and five of them are four stars and two or three stars and one's a two star, that looks totally normal. Um, I don't know if that added up 20, but, you know, you get the idea. So don't be afraid of negative reviews. Just be careful. Where you get into ethics problems with negative reviews and responding is oftentimes lawyers will accidentally release confidential information in their response. Yeah. So you didn't even like have me file that motion. Like, you know, and these are the things that they accidentally put in the, the review where they're starting to say, you know, they're getting defensive and they're like, you never even sent me the email about your stupid divorce, blah, blah, blah. And they, you know, all of a sudden end up saying something on accident yeah, just because they get emotionally charged about it. And so that's why it's important to step back, keep your response simple and, um, you know, make sure that when you're replying, you, you just give them the easy, please, you know, contact our law firm. Yeah, absolutely. Your advice to wait is good, I think, because you can calm yourself down. You don't want to be charged when you do that. Um, <clears throat> so let's talk about finally wrapping this up and because there's a lot of data out there about online reviews. And we talked before that there are some ways to utilize that data to make some specific choices about which reviews are helping you and what sites are useful and which are not. So how can a lawyer determine that? Are there specific tools you suggest for collecting and analyzing that kind of data? Yeah, the, the, one of the tools that we use um, is Get Five Stars. Mm -hmm. So we're big fans. Mike Blumenthal, who does uh, uh, he, Local U, and, and he's a huge, huge, huge uh, 
I almost said Gonzaga. It's almost college basketball season, so I'm, I'm already already got <laughs> yeah. Gonzaga on the brain. Uh, he, so Blumenthal does a lot of work on local U, which is you know basically Google Plus uh, local business listings and how to rank yeah. in Google and all that jazz. And he's got Get Five Stars, uh, super super great resource. It's, it literally is just getfivestars.com, um, all spelled out. Um, you know we use tracking numbers, so we use tracking phone numbers. Uh, do be careful with those; they can mess up your online presence if you don't know what you're doing. Um, you know we do Google Analytics and goal tracking, and so you know there's tools out there like Avo has their Ignite platform, Clio has their uh, you know platform that they just released their campaign manager that helps you figure out you know where people came to you from. And, and that's a useful thing to know. Like, did they go to my Facebook page, my website, then go to Yelp and then come back to my website and then contact me? Well, that gives you an idea of kind of the path that the, the prospect is coming to your, your law firm uh, from. And that, that is useful information. Now, that's really only if you have the resources. I mean, I got to be honest, that takes a lot of work. Like that level of tracking can take a lot of work. Yeah. So if you're a yeah. smaller practice, then just really focus on your Google Analytics and see what kind of inbound stuff you're getting and then do some call tracking. And then I'll tell you, oh, this call originated from my Yelp listing. Um, you know, a lot of times Yelp is not the place where they pick up the phone and call you, though. A lot of time it's the thing they check out before they go to your website and then call you. All right. Well, that'll do it for this episode of Legal Toolkit. It's been great talking to Jabez Lebret. Um, now, don't worry. Uh, we'll be back next month. And if you're feeling nostalgic, you can check out all of our old shows anytime you want at LegalTalkNetwork.com. So big thanks to Jabez Lebret uh, of Get Noticed, Get Found, and Gonzaga Fan for taking the time to come by the virtual studio today to enlighten us on the subject of online reviews. Yeah, this was fun. Um, so Jabez, can you tell our listeners, if they're interested, how they can find out more about you or about uh, GNGF? Uh, yeah, I mean, there's there's uh, three ways. I do a lot of speaking. So, you know, if you're ever in an event, please come up and say hi. Um, you know, I, I'll be at Lorionomics this spring, um, and I do a lot of bar association events. I've been out there to Mass, actually, uh, to your bar out there uh, as well, so love to come back. Uh, you can check out our book, Online Law Practice Strategies, on Amazon, and leave us a review if you read it. And tell us what you think. That'd be fantastic. And then our website's just gngf.com. All right. Thanks, Jabez. And thanks to all you out there for listening. Um, please be kind to us during the review cycle. We'll talk to you next time. Thanks for listening to Legal Toolkit, produced by the broadcast professionals at Legal Talk Network. Join Heidi and Jared for their next podcast, covering the current business trends for law firms. Subscribe to the RSS feed on LegalTalkNetwork.com or in iTunes. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer. If you're a lawyer running a solo or small firm and you're looking for other lawyers to talk through issues you're currently facing in your practice, join the Unbillable Hours Community Roundtable, a free virtual event on the third Thursday of every month. Lawyers from all over the country come together and meet with me, 
lawyer and law firm management consultant Christopher T. Anderson to discuss best practices on topics such as marketing, client acquisition, hiring and firing, and time management. The conversation is free to join, but requires a simple reservation. The link to RSVP can be found on the Unbillable Hour page at LegalTalkNetwork.com. We'll see you there.